0: We're heading to kickoff on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago
1: app. PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet app now get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Ravens leading Pittsburgh 17-3 in the third. Miami with a 28-10 lead over the Rams, Kansas City easily over the Jets 21-9. Uh, we just mentioned Minnesota. They're up by uh, two touchdowns on the Packers 28-14. The Lions trying to battle back Indianapolis 20-14 over Detroit. Uh fourth quarter now. Las Vegas and Cleveland, a thriller. Six six, um, Cincinnati a 17-7 lead over Tennessee. The uh, Bears get the Titans next week And Buffalo, holding on to a lead over New England fourteen to six. If the Patriots lose, that would be four straight losses for Bill Belichick and uh, the Patriots, and uh, that hasn't happened in quite some. I think it's eighteen years it was since wow. they lost three in a row. So, um, and you know what? They're due. You know what? I hope they lose all the rest of their games. I don't care. Yeah, I'm
2: not. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. The the question is, (laughs) do they start shipping people out Tuesday? And you know, the Packers were mentioned to be going to get another wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. They might want to think about defense right now. Yeah. Yeah. Will Fuller. Will Fuller has been talked about. I guess they've had an interest for months. And you know, come uh, 48 hours or so from now, they're going to. You know, we'll see who's moved and which teams think they're better because of
1: it. We'll talk to our guy who follows the Bears as we go to uh, Jeff Dickerson. J.D. is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And J.D., before we get into today's game, or a lot of this may have something to do as a result of today's game, but do you think the Bears will be uh, busy at all when it comes Tuesday with the trade deadline?
3: Hey, guys. uh, I would think it's certainly something they would strongly consider. Um, They need help. On offense, you could have just any level. You
1: could have just stopped there. They need I'm help. Not
3: breaking news here. <laughs> <No>. They need <laughs> help uh, on the offensive line. They could use some more weapons here. Uh, I'm sure they will explore that possibility. Whether or not it happens uh, is another story altogether. And it's funny, you guys mentioned you know losing streaks with the Patriots. And by the way, they have won enough over the years sure. where yes, no one sure. feels bad about what's taking place right now. But the interesting thing about this game today is how the bears have responded under Matt Nagy when they've been losing games. They haven't had, except for last year when they had that really bad four game losing streak that kind of in a way sunk the season, they have avoided the long droughts. They're eight and four after a loss and five and zero on the short week. And I always feel like, and again, this is very unscientific. And I told this to cap and Jonathan on Friday and they, I don't feel like they were buying it. I think Cap was just waiting for his next take that, and he wasn't really it's kind of <laughs> absorbing what I was trying to say. But you know, I always feel like when, when the city is done with the Bears, and I think a lot of people, even though they're 5-2, and two, were pretty turned off by the Monday night game against the Rams, yep. this team always finds a way to win a game that they're really not supposed to win. It's very windy out here today. It's a beautiful, you know, sunny day. It's cool, but very windy. Uh, you know, the Saints, of course, being the dome team where the offense uh, functions uh, to near perfection. Uh, they're going to have to make a lot of adjustments here uh, to these uh, these elements today. So we, we will see what happens. But, yes, regardless of what happens, Fred, to get back to the original yeah. point there, I think they will certainly be, be looking to address some, some areas by Tuesday. If it happens, you can't say for sure. But there's no doubt that looking at this team right now, I mean, a team that's five and two that has legit playoff aspirations, uh, certainly on offense, uh, they could use some help and they know it.
2: Well, I think it was Jerry Angelo used to say you couldn't go to the, at the vineyard or whatever and find an offensive lineman or just pick <laughs> one off. Or um, So, you know, what changes today, J.D.? You know, the running game on a day like today would be it would be help if you actually had one especially when your offensive line is struggling. It's great that Allen Robinson's back. I mean, I'm, I think a lot of us are surprised that he's active, given that he was in concussion protocol and didn't practice right. all week. Um, but, you know, what happens with this run game moving forward and this offensive line? You know, Cody Whitehair looks like he's going to be out for a while here.
3: Yeah, he will be. So Sam Mustafer will start at center. Um, they thought he played okay against the Rams on Monday night. So we'll, we'll just see how he does against the Saints. And yeah, I think Cody Whitehair's calf is probably going to be a, a more than a one-week thing. Um, you know, also I should mention too, Brian uh, Cordell Patterson is also active today. I'm not sure if Bears fans are pumped by that news, but well, yeah. uh, he like Allen Robinson, um, he is active and, and he will he will do his thing. See, Brian, I think that's a, I think you really you hit the nail on the head when you when you when you raise this question. What's going to change? Well, I, I don't know how anyone can sit here and tell you that they know what's going to, what's going to, how, how it's going to change, because nothing's changed. That's the, that's the problem with the Bears' offense. Is we've had two and a half years now, essentially, of asking these questions, and every time you feel like, okay, going into this game, you know they're going to do this, um, they're going to commit to the run more, uh, they're going to get the ball out quicker, or they're going to take more shots down field. Every time you feel like. You're laying out these scenarios for how things can improve and how they can get better. It never gets better. So, I mean, now, how much better are they going to be today without their starting center? Probably not much. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a that's losing your center is a, is a huge deal for any offense, especially a guy like Cody Whitehair, who had started all 71 games since the Bears drafted him back in 2016. You're already down. You know, James Daniels is already on injured reserve, so you had Rashad Coward. You know, in that spot, which hasn't worked out so well, they might be able to change some things up today at the other guard position. But the, the problem they're in now, Brian, is with the offensive line, um, even the front line guys who have been starting the whole year, you don't feel that good about. You, there's no, nothing, you know, you can't, like Jerry said, you can't go to the vineyard and pull them off, the, you know, pull them off uh, the vine, and you can't wave the magic wand, as Jerry used to also say and make that group better. So, like, I don't I don't know how they get better offensively. I do know that defensively they can have a, a more complete performance than what you saw last week. And you guys saw Ted Ginn Jr.'s inactive today. I mean, yep. That was kind of a long time coming. So Dwayne Harris.
2: He was inactive Monday, punt. too.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, right, except that he actually got a game check. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll get a game check today, too. He's on the 53, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, So those are the areas, like a more complete defensive performance, taking the ball way more, a little more sizzle on the return game. You know, It's going to be a tough day for Cairo Santos. He's going to have to make sure he focuses and plays the win right on those field goals. They can win, certainly, but are they going to win because the offense goes through this incredible metamorphosis? Everyone would love to say yes, but nothing that we have seen ever leads us to believe that that's going to happen today.
1: JD on yeah, the defensive side of the ball. I, I mean, the Bears gave up 371 yards to the Rams, 161 yards rushing. I've heard some people say this week that it was probably Roquan Smith's worst game, definitely this year. It could be one of his worst games ever. We don't hear Danny Trevathan's name a whole heck of a lot. We heard we heard, unfortunately, Akeem Hicks's name because of four penalties. Three of them yeah. basically, three, you know, two of them were were declined, and the other one was a you know, one-yard penalty and things like that. And he talked about that this week. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a, is there a problem with the defense, I don't know. It's hard to... I know they're a good defense, but they don't seem to... They did step up in the fourth quarter, but by that point, they'd already given up a lot of yardage. Yeah. Um, it just uh, The takeaways is something we talked so much about two years ago. We didn't really get them last year. I was kind of hoping to see that shift a little bit, and it hasn't happened this year.
3: I know. I, I think, Fred, and I think this is the... It's the same old... I mean, this is the same narrative we've, we've seen for almost 20 years. I think at some point a defense gets a little demoralized when they know that the offense just can't do anything. And I kind of felt that way a Monday night watching the game. I mean, the, it was a closer, it was way closer near the end of the first half than it should have been mm-hmm. based on how the Rams were playing versus how the bears were playing. But the defense held them in the game. They come out in the second half and they're just, they're just not the same group for a while. Um, I feel like, you know, you could say they ran out of gas, they were tired. I, I think all that, has some merit to it. I mean, this is still a, I feel, a a very good defense. You know, Eddie Jackson was questionable coming in today. He's going to play. Khalil Mack, though, guys, he's playing, but you hate to see new injuries every week on the report. I mean, last week it was the back. This week it's it's the ankle. He's going to play, but he's not 100%. What they need is Robert Quinn to have a bounce-back performance after his very average uh, effort against the Rams. Talked about Trevathan. He's got to play better. Roquan Smith certainly did not have a great game. But I would still say, Fred, um, if there's a group to feel good about with this team, it is the defense. And today, in particular, where it's going to be windy, um, we'll see how the Saints how they handle the vertical passing attack with the wind. I was watching pre pregame warm-ups. It didn't seem to be affecting it too much. Uh, but we'll see how the game goes on. But I feel like the defense could absolutely find a way to put the clamps on, the Saints, make this thing ugly, and that's how the Bears are going to win. It's funny that, that Foles, of all people, mentioned winning ugly two weeks ago. I mean, that, that's the formula, guys. That, that's how it's going to have to be. They're going to have to play great defense, above-average special teams, and just pray that you get a little something from your offense and the other team makes some mistakes. And that's how they're going
2: to win these games. That's how oh. I see it down the stretch. Well, and that, mean, that means your margin of error is next to nothing. And yep. you know, the conversation we've been talking about, everyone's been talking about Matt Nagy's play calling. Is it, you know, going into last week where everyone was asking, is it the personnel, is it the play calling, is it both? He said he's open to the idea, and Fred talked about it earlier in the show, J.D., that he thought, he thought with the staff he brought in, guys that uh, Nagy's known for a while now, that when they got in the behind closed doors, you know, they could talk honestly and say, hey, Matt, you know, this ain't working. So let's try something different, whether Bill Lasers calling the place or whatever. I guess my question is, when does Ryan Pace initiate that conversation? Because Matt said, well, we looked at it, and guess what? We all agreed I'm still the best guy to be doing it. If this doesn't get better in the foreseeable future, who's in, the, who's in on that conversation, or do they even have that conversation?
3: No, I don't think they have that conversation, Brian. I don't, I don't think that's any of Ryan Pace's. I don't think that's in his jurisdiction. I think I think the head coach is going to decide who calls the plays. That's what that's what makes him the head coach. Here's, here's sort of the dilemma with, with this, right? And and I understand, I mean, when you look like the Bears offense has looked, and it's a very disjointed, nothing seems to ever build off of anything. The questions about play calling are incredibly valid. The problem, guys, that we have here is so who calls plays then? I mean, Bill Lazor wasn't in the NFL, was not in the NFL last year. You're going to give him play calling authority? I like Bill Lazor. I mean, from what we see him, you know, the occasional Zoom call, um, very smart guy, you know, seems to really like the role that he's in, you know, working hard with Nagy to try to fix these things, but that's not going to make things better. DeFilippo has had shots to be a play caller. And I mean, talk about going up in flames the last two years, guys, I mean, it's he, it has been very short lived the last two years. Ragone has never called plays, so who's calling plays? If if that, this is like the same thing in New York, but I mean, Gase is such a goofball; he's he's letting doll call plays, which is you know you know another disaster um, in the making there. But that's, just, that's that's the Jets' whole other issue. there, there is no like automatic. Like, okay, if this guy is going to call plays; it's going to make it so much better. I mean, they're five and two. At some point, you have to go back to that realization that this is not a team that's 0-7. If they were 0-7, you could say, Try, let anyone call plays. Let us call plays. You know, because it didn't right. matter at this point, but they're 5-2. and two. So they're not going to make this radical change. And a general manager, certainly, I don't believe, is ever going to step in and tell them who he feels should be calling plays. I mean, this is the this is the head coach he hired. These are the coaches the head coach brought in. And together, collectively, they got to figure this thing out. Maybe at some point they'll decide to give someone else a crack at it, but if you listen to Nagy on those Zoom calls like we do every day and hear the tenor in his voice, I do not believe that he feels like that's the issue right now.
1: J.D., I'm going to ask you a silly question because I didn't think about it when it happened, but I thought about it as the week went on and I just got aggravated. The play where the Rams ran to the line of scrimmage inside the Bears 5 and Buster Screen was lost, why couldn't they have just called timeout?
0: What are you, Murph? I mean, it's miss these obscure...
1: Well,
3: first of all, there's no such thing as a bad question, okay? I'm
1: kidding. Yeah. Well, I don't know um, what I ask him. There might be.
3: What is that? So? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was two and two in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know.
1: You know which you know, play I'm talking about, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, uh,
3: yes, I know, I know. Because
1: um, <laughs> they were completely surprised. That, it was like they had yeah. no idea what was going on.
3: Let, let's just say the time meant... Uh, timeout management has been a bit of an issue. Okay, uh, I think that's yeah. that's <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a, that's a very easy blanket statement way to say that there there have been some there have been some problems. Um, when to use timeouts? Um, yeah, being See, but that,
2: not calling the timeout at the end of the half with 20 seconds left—that just speaks to lack of confidence in your team.
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's just like give me, give me the halftime. Yep, that's it. And let's just get there and try to regroup. Uh, I, I just feel like that has uh, been a little bit of a, uh, a an overriding issue here for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, JD, uh, I, I saw that the Bears did something nice, uh, obviously for um, you know our pal um, who. Yes, for Vaughn, and um, yeah, you posted that today, and uh, everybody around the NFL is doing it. it it's been amazing, all of the, um, you know, Monday Night Football games throughout the week. And I, I don't think a lot of people in Chicago realized or knew how much, you know, Vaughn knew everybody. I mean Vaughn yeah. was Vaughn was like a big partner. he'd help people out, and you know send nice messages to people just to thank him for stuff. And uh, it was uh, you know, it's nice to see that the Bears now back home uh, have done something too.
3: Really nice too, and you know we're in the process of um, uh, putting together a foundation uh, in Vaughn's name, um, and that's going to be we're going to have a website to announce uh, hopefully very early next week, um, and that's going to be really nice uh, because that's going to be something where. Uh, we're going to just be raising money to donate to causes that would have been very near and dear to Vaughn. Sure. Um, You know, 100% anything, uh, as far as charitable contributions, uh, 100% will be going to be donated. So um, hopefully people can look out if they're interested in that. um, All of us should have information, uh, websites being tweeted out, sent out, emailed out uh, at some point next week, and then we can uh, try to get the ball rolling. But, yeah, Yeah. that was very nice um, by the Bears to do. And it just speaks to, again, uh, how many people uh, around the NFL uh, that Vaughn really had great relationships with. It's,
1: it's wonderful to see. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, then, J.D., uh, try to enjoy the game today. We'll see what happens. And, oh, uh... I'll
0: enjoy, Fred, I always <laughs> enjoy the game. Come on. It's,
3: listen, it's uh, it, it's it's still weird yeah. walking up here and there's just nobody here. Right. Um, we don't know what to do, but it's it's <laughs> still football and it's still going to be a lot of fun. I always love catching up with you guys. It makes my Sunday.
2: Thanks, J.D.
1: See you, J.D. Bye, guys. Take care. Jeff Dickerson joining us from uh, Hallis Hall. The Bears getting ready to Hallis Hall. Uh, from Soldier <laughs> Field. Uh, as the Bears getting ready to take on the New Orleans Saints, as you heard, a uh, five and a half point spread right now. The Saints oh, with boy. the lead. Points Bet sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the Points Bet app. Do it now to get one hundred dollars in free bets when you deposit twenty dollars with code. ESPN. We come back. We'll have our uh, Tito's tip of the week. We also have Mike Triplett, who follows the New Orleans Saints. He'll give us the latest on them. He'll join us around 230 right here on ESPN 1000.
0: The, the double H, H attack H- is H- back. Huebner. Come on, turn Hanley. Hanley. This is ah, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame Game Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
4: football weather
2: so that's fine no, that's all good i mean no we're, we're excited um you know whenever it kind of gets a little crispy out and all that stuff and you're you know, going get late october um
4: you know that's when the football gets really fun so um you know i'm excited to go out there and kind of play in, you know
1: in, in bear weather now oh, he grew up here cole komet bears tight end who what do you know they've actually found him a little bit they found him in oh, the first. Word. They found him in the first quarter last week, and then all of a sudden he was on milk carton at the the second half. Couldn't find Can, him anywhere.
2: Kentucky. yeah, thirty yeah, eight yard catch. Yeah. Next play, next snap, seven yard catch, and after that, pay no mind list. I mean, yeah. and then for Matt to say, well, boy, you know, we we really need to use him more. Yeah, and, you know, like well, I wonder if there's anyone here that could possibly make that decision. <laughs> who who would that be? I mean, come, what do you do? I know it's so weird. He's a second round pick. Yeah, right. I mean. Does Jimmy Graham really need seventy one percent of the snaps? No,
1: no, not at all. And the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Um, and you got him, and he seems like you know he he's every time he's out there, he seems like he's doing his job. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, quickly, time for our uh, Tito's tip of the game as we'll take a look at some of the um, numbers here. Uh, home underdogs. Of four to five and a half points that have won at least 60% of its games, four and 11 against the spread after the month of October. And you know, we now are after the month of October since wow. November 1st. In fact, all teams with above 500 records are a dismal six and 17 against the spread. So,
2: what um, if it goes to the six?
1: Yeah, I don't know. But
2: well, hasn't? Yeah,
1: as far as I see, it, I just <laughs> I checked.
2: We still have some time.
1: Yeah, we do another,
2: uh, another hour. Actually, uh, an
1: hour. They'll be kicking off in just an hour. The um, the Saints are eight and one against the spread over their last nine road games. <sighs> that doesn't bode well. No. Um, and and since the start of the twenty sixteen season, listen to this: the Saints are an incredible twenty one and four with one tie against the spread in Sunday afternoon road games. That's wow. pretty amazing. Even though, yeah,
2: will.
1: yeah, even though you have a guy like Drew Brees, like in in weather is not great. Um, you know, they don't like going on the road in cold weather. He struggles outdoors. Um, Brees is actually nine and three against the spread in games, where it's below forty, they may not win, but mm-hmm. they they keep him close. And today they'd have to win if they were going to cover the spread. So um, we'll keep an eye on all those things. And uh, the uh, Tito's tip of the game brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. Uh, Fred Huebner, Brian Hanley, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. And don't forget, as soon as the game is over today, uh, it will be um, Jeff Meller and it'll be Howard Griffith. They will... Uh, talk about and discuss what the Bears did and or didn't do uh, during the course of the game. Actually, Howard Griffith was on with Cap and Jay Hood on a weekly appearance he makes with them the other day. And they asked him, "Cap, Cap's all behind this. He says, oh, we need to get an offensive lineman. We need to get an offensive lineman. So Cap asked Howard Griffith, should the Bears actually look to make a trade to help the offensive line And when the trade deadline comes up on Tuesday?
5: And here comes the problem. When you gave up so much, for mix like this it's snowballs because you're you're continuing to try to fix a problem by throwing good money after after a player in, in many regards you're going to have to overpay for and some of the guys that will be available are going to be guys that also are going to need contracts within the coming year in, in a lot of cases so right now i wouldn't make a move because i don't think this team is in a position to win a championship and they've given up too much already. Now it, they're in a situation where they need to to get players, right, and, and develop the players that they bring in. Going into free agency, I've always talked about this. When you go into free agency, normally you're overpaying for an older player that you're hoping is going to play as he, as he did three to four years before you got him, and, and that very rarely works out in football. It just doesn't. And another part of that is you assume that someone is really good in their system and you bring them into, your, into to the system that you're running and you're making that assumption that, oh, he's going to bring that production here, that doesn't always work out. I've always believed that there's probably less than 4 or 5% of the guys playing in the National Football League can play on any team out there. Most players are system-oriented, and they have to be in the right system to maximize their ability.
1: Boy, I was so glad he said that um, because that's been one of the things that I've believed in for years and years. As a guy who followed Montana at Notre Dame and then watched him go to the 49ers and people, I, I will always say he's the best quarterback I'd seen. But you take a guy like him and if he would have been drafted earlier by the Bears or somewhere else he would have just been another quarterback, in a lot of people's opinion, mine included. He found right. the absolutely perfect system. Perfect spot. Yeah. Perfect place to go. And I think it's like that with
2: hey, most players that become Brees. stars. Drew Brees in New Orleans, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. he, it, it, he and Sean Payton, uh, you know, it, he couldn't couldn't get the opportunity in San Diego, was it right? So, right? Right. I mean, Hall of Fame career because he has the perfect guy, calling the perfect plays to maximize his talents. It all works. You know, So and and that's why I don't think you can find, you know, legitimate offensive linemen. I mean, maybe some teams are gonna have fire sales. We'll find out Tuesday. But I think you can pick up a running back and I think different is gonna be better than what you have, and that's why I threw Jordan Howard's name out there. I wouldn't spend a lot on him and maybe since you're five and two, hopefully six and two after today, you can bide your time until you see who gets cut here in the next few weeks, right? Yeah. And not spend any draft capital on it. Because Jordan Howard, as I said, has no guaranteed money left in next year. So you just bring him in, get what you can on this year, and then if it works out, make a decision. I know he's probably unhappy with the way things ended here, but you know, you would think he would have some familiarity with how they want to do things around here. Maybe the transition wouldn't be. I'm not saying he's going to you know, be the, the savior here, but I think he could do better than the two-point, two and change yards per <laughs> carry they're getting right now right yeah,
1: yeah there's no doubt I should have actually talked to you this week because you know you you gave your buddy Philadelphia and the Colts and the Colts have just blown open the Lions game they got I think they recovered a fumble scored and then the first play that Matthew Stafford had he threw an interception and went back for a pick six Colts now with a 35-14 lead um your buddies right now is probably beating his head against the wall yeah
2: and I told him to stay away from the Vikings because of the rivalry game uh, so <laughs> well, and all you had do all yeah I do is pick a winner, not against the you right. know it's a survivor pool, so. Yeah. I'm hoping the Eagles come through, but I gave him the Colts first. I gave him a choice of two, and I didn't tell him what order, and he went with the Eagles, so it's on him.
1: Yeah, it definitely is on him. So we come back. We'll have a chance to talk with Mike Triplett. He follows the New Orleans Saints. He let us know the latest on New Orleans and how they're going to be able to move the ball with their wide receivers down. We'll talk with him when we come back. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN. Pre-game show continues
6: on Chicago's home for sports. Ah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: Welcome back in. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner with you with Bears and the Saints. They kick off at three twenty five. We'll be with you till about three fifteen. We've got Yergo's keys to a Bears victory coming up in about fifteen minutes. Also, we'll get to our bold predictions. We were good a couple of weeks ago. Not so good last week. Uh, we didn't have to worry about it too much last week. The game yeah. was on Monday. But um yeah, we were good a couple of weeks ago when we said when I said Cole out would catch two passes and one for a touchdown. And uh who knew? I maybe Thank Matt Nagy listened
2: cap cash 90 to one yeah 90 on to
1: one quote. because he bet out he bet the first score of the, the game first yeah. yeah uh let's bring in our guy Mike Triplett. uh has been following the New Orleans Saints for a while for ESPN uh, NFL nation Mike how are you today
4: good how are you guys doing
1: we're doing okay before we get into um uh, today's game what's going on with Michael Thomas I mean we hear some tight weeks it's an injury then we hear he's on the trade deadline then we hear other uh-huh. things what's the latest with him
4: Yeah, I mean, I do think for the most part it is just a series of, you know, one negative thing after another, very 2020 experience with him where he had a high ankle sprain, he was almost back in week five, uh, and then he got into an altercation with a teammate at practice, got suspended for a game, was definitely going to come back after the bye, then he got a hamstring injury, and that's kept him out the last two. Uh, We saw him in practice the last two days. I think he'll probably be back for the second half of the season. I don't think they're planning on uh, trading him. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, he's, uh, obviously there was enough for him to get suspended, and he probably wasn't too happy about all of that. But there's still every chance that, you know, he plays eight or nine games for this team and looks like Michael Thomas again by the end of the season, which is something they could obviously use.
2: Hey, Mike, you look at the 4-2 and two record, three consecutive wins, you're thinking, okay, everything's going well. They're hitting on all cinder- cylinders down in New Orleans, but... If you look at the eight and twelve cumulative record of the teams they just beat the last three weeks and come by combined twelve points, I guess the question for me is how good is is the Saints team and in particular the offense right now?
4: No, so far they have just survived to get to four and two. Um, they were down fourteen nothing in one of those wins at Detroit. They were down seventeen three at home against the Chargers. But the good thing is they did come back to win both those games and then uh, their game against Carolina was a lot cleaner than the final score looks, 27-24. Um, the offense actually converted 12 of 14 third downs and never punted in that game. They only had six positions each in that game. So I think the offense has finally found some rhythm after a slow start, and now the defense is trying to get there. The biggest problem for the defense this year, they just keep having these breakdowns where they give up a deep pass. In the last four games, they've given up six passes of 48 yards or more. Uh, and that was my bold prediction I heard you guys talking bold prediction yeah. mine was that uh, Nick Bowles will, will bounce back from from the other night throw at least one you know 75 yard pass to, to wow. you know somebody in this game but that was before the wind started gusting uh, I don't know if anyone's going to have a lot of success throwing the ball downfield today.
1: Yeah, you look at it, and uh, has the secondary been a problem just be, by getting beat on those long ones? Because for the most part, you look at it, and the secondary looks like it's pretty good.
4: They've been inconsistent, yeah. Okay. It's, a load, it's loaded with talent, um, and, and they have their high moments, and then they have their low moments. Early in the season, pass interference was a huge problem. Uh, they were leading the league you know, by a mile and a half in defensive penalties uh, about halfway through the season, and then... Lately, it's been deep passes, where just once or twice a game, there's just a guy running wide open because of a breakdown. In theory, these are the things that should get corrected, but you know they came out of the bye week and they did it again last week, allowing a 74-yard TD pass. So it's it's you know if those go away, this defense probably looks pretty good. And on the flip side, the run defense has been one of the best in the NFL for three or four years. Um, they're going to their 50th straight game today without without uh, allowing a 100-yard rusher.
2: And Mikey mentioned how uh, well the offense did last week against Carolina. No punts. The wide receiving core, though, is interesting. Traquan Smith, uh, Deontay yeah. Harris, combined 83 career catches. You know, Callaway's out. Sanders is out. Um, will these guys be able to step up against a pretty good Bears defense?
4: Yeah, no, last, last week was pretty good evidence. You know, without Michael Thomas, it took a little while for them to get going. But Emmanuel Sanders, their new pre-agent acquisition, became the guy. He had a career-high 12, catch- 12 catches two weeks ago. Then Sanders gets COVID, and he goes out, and the undrafted rookie, Marquez Callaway, uh, leaves the way with eight catches for 75 yards out of nowhere last week. And now he's out with an ankle sprain. So it's you know it's remarkable what they have to keep figuring out week after week. But, but that's sort of the thing. They, they've proven they can kind of plug and play and, and still find a way on offense. But the one guy who has been there all season long, is Alvin Kamara, and he's playing as well as he ever has. He is just setting, like, all-time NFL record numbers for for receptions and receiving yards by running backs. And on a day like today, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray in that backfield uh, running and catching the ball.
1: Mike Triplett from ESPN NFL Nation giving us the latest on the New Orleans Saints, the Bears and Saints go at it, a 325 kickoff at Soldier Field. I was going to ask you about Kamara because I went back and watched part of the game from last week, and they're very, very good with Drew Brees at throwing the screen pass. And for the most part, the Bears have been pretty, really, really bad. And I don't mean just for this year. I mean decades. The, the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> like 20 years ago, would run <laughs> would run screens against the Bears. I don't know what it is, but they continuously beat them. And with, with Kamara catching them, and Latavius Murray's also had a thing where any no matter who he's playing for, he would run well against the Bears. So I agree with well, you. I'm expecting both of those year. guys. We saw yeah.
4: last year the same came into Soldier without Alvin Kamara a year ago, and and Latavius Murray had about 150 yards from scrimmage and and practically won that game for them. So, um, obviously, he likes running there, uh, which is funny because not a lot of guys like the turf in Soldier Field. uh, Right. uh, But there's something Latavius Murray likes about it. So, uh, that's why I say his name right next to Kamara is someone they're going to lean on that.
1: He might... Good. Ahead. Good. Ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's funny that the people most of the people that don't like the turf and Soldier Field usually play for the Bears. And and they have to play <laughs> on that
2: turf eight times. So Hey Mike, uh, I was going to ask you what uh Ryan Pace when he was down in New Orleans, what you know, how well was he thought of? Uh, he was what third or fourth maybe in the in the front office at that point?
4: Yeah, I mean it's tough to say cuz where do you where do you place Sean Payton in that mix? Uh, right. But, you know, I, I mean, Mickey Loomis, the general manager, has been here for, um, you know, 20 years now, 20-plus years. Uh, but he was promoted to general manager um, 20 years ago. So he's, he's been a mainstay. And then Sean Payton has obviously had a ton of say in the personnel department. But beyond those two, now Jeff Ireland has taken on a big role and, and Terry Fontenot. Uh, but beyond those two, while Pace was here, he was the, he was the next guy who was the pro-personnel department and he was definitely thought of you know very high he was he was obviously around a functioning organization uh, with those guys they obviously built a, a team that has lasted two decades here so I uh, you know he, he earned that shot in Chicago and then obviously you know was the executive of the year a couple years ago so he's got a lot of pluses on his resume but there's one thing that uh, I guess any general manager and shoot Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton just they just went seven and nine three years in a row they had to prove it too when things aren't going well, uh, how do you sort of rebuild while still contending? Um, and, and I guess that's what he has to prove he could do right now.
1: Another minute with Mike Triplett. Mike, how does how does Drew Brees feel about the whole Taysom Hill coming in and running plays and throwing passes and catching balls? And is, is he big? Is he a proponent of it? I know Drew Brees isn't one to really say anything negative about a lot of guys on his team, yeah. but it, it seems interesting to just all of a sudden he gets yanked and there's Taysom Hill. Everything seemed to work out until a couple of weeks ago when he fumbled once. Ooh, heaven right. forbid. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things. First of all, I think Brees
4: loves. I mean, those two guys. Uh, really like each other a lot. Uh, Taysom Hill is just, you know, if you see, he, he's become Drew Brees' shadow. I mean, he wants to learn everything from him. And, and, you know, he's just an exciting, you know, guy with an energetic personality. Everybody likes being around him. I think Drew is really like nice being with him. I, I That narrative that, oh, you're putting in Taysom Hill, why take the ball out of Drew Brees' hand? Taysom Hill is basically a run package. And so I, I even joke sometimes when, when Breeze hands it off. I'm like, uh-oh, they just can it in Breeze's hands. Like, Taysom Hill runs a lot. Now, what I think fans would like to see more is that he could become even more unpredictable, that that they had more success throwing the ball with him or, or that they threw more often. But basically, when he comes in, it's to run a read option. He's either going to keep it or he's going to hand it to, to Tamara. Um, and it's been one of their most effective run games the last couple of years. He was averaging nearly six yards a carry. But this year they have struggled with that, uh, and, and they've been doing it less and less. So I'm kind of surprised because their playoff loss to Minnesota January, he was the most effective player on the field, and they have not figured out how to unlock him yet this year. I, I wonder how much he'll be involved today since we figure the run game is going to be a big part of it.
2: Well, we see the public uh, going with the Saints. You know That line keeps moving seemingly every hour. Um, the Bears have a shot here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean I, I think I think what you guys said was exactly right, right
4: don't look close. You see a four and two season. Uh that, you know, you think, Oh, the Saints are always good and they're good again this year. But they they still haven't found themselves uh consistently this year. Uh, and meanwhile I think a lot of people saw Monday night football and don't even the Bears right now, but Coming into Chicago, playing outdoors has already always been a little bit of a challenge for the Saints offense to start with. So, uh, I mean, I, to me, this is a, a, a toss-up, pick kind of game no matter what. And it's, you know, who doesn't turn it over and who doesn't give any free points to the other team.
1: Mike, we really appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, guys. Mike Thanks, Triplett, Mike. ESPN NFL Nation. And, uh... Yeah, it's, it's funny, too, because the Rams, you figure the Rams feel good, right? They have a nice 24-10 win over the Bears, and they go on the road, and they're playing Miami, a rookie quarterback with his first start in the NFL. It's 28-10, Miami leading.
2: Welcome to uh, the NFL, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's amazing. It's it's really, really a hard lead to figure out. I mean, Kansas City's having no problem with the Jets. We didn't expect it. Probably one of the games of the day, Pittsburgh holding on to a 21-17 lead over Baltimore, but from some of the tweets I'm reading, they're saying the only thing keeping, you know, that Baltimore, I mean, um, Lamar Lamar Jackson has actually kept Pittsburgh in the game. Yeah, he's made several mistakes, and because of that, hmm. Pittsburgh is where they are. And then the Colts just scored again. I mean, it's like, four, oh, was that <laughs> Trey Burton that scored? Uh, yeah, Trey well, Burton, the former bear. Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, look, the Detroit Lions didn't win that game in Atlanta. Atlanta did what the Falcons do. They just sure. gift-wrapped it. I mean, you know, you have to start looking, you know, what actually transpired, not just what was on the scoreboard. Yeah. And then the team
1: the Bears play next week will be will be talking about the Tennessee Titans. Cincinnati's beating them 31 yeah. to 14 right now. So it's like halfway through the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, they were looking ahead to the Bears, so. That's exactly right. we come back, we'll hear Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. Uh, take your calls you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN.
0: We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook Pregame Show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and J Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. boom, boom, boom.
1: Ah, uh, welcome back in Bears and uh, Saints kicking off in about a half hour. We have um, we have our uh, bold predictions coming up in a couple minutes, but right now, each and every Friday on the Carmen and Yurko Show, uh, ten until noon, right here on ESPN One Thousand, you can catch Yurko and Carmen. And Yurko on Friday gives his keys to a Bears victory. Let's give it a listen. This is Yurko's keys to
0: the game. stepping up, fires down the side of the- the catch. Yurko gives us what to watch for in this week's Bears game. And it's intercepted. And it's Eddie
4: Jackson. Under pressure again. Can he get away? No, he can't. Of course it's Matt
0: Yurko's keys to the game, only on ESPN 1000. My Hi, Yurko. kind that of Halloween costume. <laughs> That's it. It's week eight. Uh, it's Bears and Saints. Bears' uh, loss to the Saints as a favorite. Last year, Teddy Two Gloves came in when Breeze was hurt and beat the Bears one outright. This year, they're about a a four-and-a-half, five-point underdog against the Saints. So, Yurko, I ask you, what are the keys to the game? Carmen, I'm glad you asked. Key number one. Uh Run, run, run. So,
6: Matt Maggie takes the T-Bird away. You got to run the ball, guys. Run, it's going to be windy out there. You're going to have to be able to run behind a shoddy offensive line and in an injured offensive line where only three of the five starters are there. You're going to have to find a way. Maybe the great Juan Castile shall cast upon his flock the blessing of talent and skill, and this offensive line might be able to do a little bit of something. Okay? Run, run, run. <laughs> So your daddy takes the T-Bird away, all right? Key number two. Kamara. Whoa. Alvin Kamara. Whoa. whoa. Alvin Kamara is a legitimate threat, especially in the passing game. Carm. Because let's face it, it's a two-headed monster when they're running the ball because Latavius Murray also gets the carries and the third uh, the third running back, a.k.a. the quarterback. Uh, Taysom Hill. That's him, yeah. Taysom Hill. So you've got a three-headed monster coming at you with a 50-50 kind of split carry between Kamara and him. But out of the backfield, catching the ball, you've got to be careful because Kamara's the one that can get you beat. Key number three. No song and music here, but let's say this. We've got to be opportunistic on the turnovers and the possibilities when they are there. Last week, there was a ball on the ground. The Bears did not recover. Last week, also, Tayshawn Gibson. He looked like he was channeling the 1984 U.S. men's volleyball team. Uh, Karch, Karch Karai, Karai and the great Steve Timmons as he took what was an obvious interception and spiked it directly into the dirt and he was looking for a side out. I do wonder what he was doing no on that play. No side outs I mean, in like, football, card
0: He literally just went up and batted. I mean, that ball was in his hands. He no, just decided to knock it down. No side outs in football, He looked guys. like my son
6: trying to catch the football. What the I'm like, hell don't, was he doing? Don't at it, catch it. Side yeah. out, by
3: the way, great movie of C. Oh, Thomas Oh, great Howard. movie. Love yeah. side out.
6: I just do not get what the hell he was doing. So we've You've got to be more opportunistic All right. with the turnovers when the possibilities are are there key number 4 <slash> You know, I'm a big fan of Mother Nature. Mm. Tried to date her once when I was in high school, but it didn't work out for the good kid. She rejected your Mother Nature is going to be a demonic little soul. (laughs) And the winds are going to be coming from the north, which is is going to make throwing to the sidelines a very difficult proposition for you. And throwing against the wind, very difficult. So when you throw against the wind, it's going to have to be that Y stick, Z stick, all that stick game. Okay, that's what you're going to have to do. The further you go out to the perimeter and the flatter the throw, the more dangerous the throw is. Remember that. With the wind is where the Bears are going to have to make their hay in the passing game. With the wind, make your hay in the passing game. That's what you're going to have to do. Hopefully, the Bears are smart. Hopefully, Matt Nagy's smart. If it's a sunny day with the with the sun in the southern sky. Going one direction on the far sideline is very difficult.
0: Don't forget, late kick, though, Going too. from
6: south to north. Yeah, you're only going to have to deal with it a little bit about then. An, because about an hour and, hour and, an and a hour. half. But know, always it's remember, it, it's difficult because he doesn't like to go long in that type of situation. So we've got to take these atmospheric, atmospheric conditions and sun conditions into effect when we go ahead and put our game plan together. Those the
0: keys to are the, the keys
6: to a Bears victory against the New Orleans Saints at Soldier Field in the late slot
1: on Fox. The late slot on Fox. And, uh, Brian, I'm sure you didn't think you'd hear the names of Karch Karai and Steve Timmons. Um, no. no that's, the the, right that's the beauty of York. It is. That's the beauty of York. There's no doubt. It's the beauty of York. Unbelievable. And uh, for
2: all seasons.
1: Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Karch Karai. And he, he rattled <laughs> the, Steve, the Steve Timmons right off his tongue like nothing.
2: No big sure. deal. We just worked there right sure. out there. Uh, He's we, a renaissance man.
1: Yeah, we come back. There's a couple other things that we haven't had a chance to play yet. We'll also give you a couple of bold predictions. The Bears get underway at 325. Don't forget the postgame show. It will be. Jeff Meller, Howard Griffith, right here as soon as the game's over on ESPN 1000
0: bears Bears, football football. we're heading to kickoff on the points bet sportsbook pregame show
6: on chicago's home for sports espn 1000
1: PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet app now and get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. The latest line here, according to PointsBet, still 5.5. Saints favored by 5.5. The over-under is 41. Um, On the money line, the Saints are minus 216. The Bears are plus 170. It makes some money if the Bears win. But, you know, it's a big if.
2: How much you got down on that?
1: Yeah, I didn't. I uh, didn't. Did not uh, place anything on that one right now. A um, couple things that uh, Mike Triplett mentioned to us. He said that uh, the Saints are looking for their fiftieth. St- I almost laughed right when he was saying that. The Saints are looking for their fiftieth straight game without allowing a one hundred yard rusher. <laughs> Just oh you know, boy, what are you looking for. I mean, they could already put it in stone. I mean a hundred yard rusher. That's
2: just an excuse for Nagy to be like, "Well, they don't give up rushers, so (laughs) so we're just not going to run the ball." Let's not even try.
1: Last week, Aaron
2: Donald was the
1: excuse. Now that's the excuse this week. Yeah, he also said that they have that the secondary has allowed six passes of forty-six yards or more. And again, I almost laughed. I mean, they did make a couple of attempts to Darnell Mooney, and um, I know Brian. You always make fun of me, but on my uh, on points bet last week, I had Mooney and. Oh, what the heck's his name? I had Mooney to score a touchdown, and I also had... Oh, that pains me right there. And I also had Anthony Miller to score a touchdown. Miller had one go off his hands right at the goal mm-hmm. line, and Mooney had a chance, too, where they threw... Um, in the back of the end zone, it didn't catch. It. It's like, come it was,
2: on! That would have paid very well. I would yeah, think. I, yeah, it was, it
1: was, it was double digits. So, yeah, that would have been nice. Um, three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the number when the game's over. That you call and talk to Jeff Meller, Howard Griffith. They'll break it down for you, give you the latest on their thoughts. You'll hear um, some of the press conferences before we get to our uh, bold predictions. I wanted to mention something, and I know that they just did it now on the um, Packers game the Packers and the Vikings game, but I'm an old guy. I'm older than um, just about everybody. Um, But someone passed away the other day, a Hall of Fame cornerback, joined the NFL as a running back, became part of the record, six championship teams with the Packers and the Cowboys. And even though um, I was a Bears fan growing up, I would always see this guy and said, this guy's unbelievable. Herb Adderley passed away the other day. A, um, he, he played in four of the first six Super Bowls and won five wow. NFL championships um, with the Packers, one with the Cowboys during his 12-year career. Mm -hmm. um absolutely amazing he was a great great player um he was enshrined in the pro football hall of fame in 1980 and um i had i cut this out and made sure i wanted to mention it because just a tremendous player and um i remember watching it's like every single time i think he wore number 26 it's like there is utterly again all the time and you know being a bears fan you'd see the packers getting to the super bowls early with bart Starr and everybody else and and um Herb Adderley was always making a play here and there, and uh, it was great watching him play. And obviously, I tell people um, it's weird and it makes common sense, but the longer we live, the more people we know and the more people we saw are going to pass away, and it's going to happen. And on a day, this has been an awful year. Look how many Baseball Hall of Famers, I mean, the list is ridiculous of how yes. many Baseball Hall of Famers passed away this year um, in just a horrible horrible year for everybody uh yeah this we year can't
2: end either. quickly enough for anybody
1: i know it's absolutely brutal and then we got we and then we got to get an extra hour of it yesterday
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> well back back in the day when you're younger you you know translate that into an extra hour bar time there's no the doubt there's no doubt the bars aren't even open. No, either. exactly. Bars aren't
1: open. <laughs> restaurant. I actually went to Gibson's, the, Gibson the other day on Tuesday so I could actually go in the restaurant, uh, down here on Rush Street. I actually went there, uh, so I could go and sit inside. I mean, it, now they'll still have people sitting outside with, with the heaters and everything else, but, you know, it was nice to actually get in there right before they actually closed the doors inside again. Um, so, um, bold predictions. Um, bold predictions. There we go. We've got some of those. That's official now. Yes. And now it's official. Uh, yeah. Since uh, since Eric played it, l- we'll go with Eric
2: on the first bold prediction for this Eric game. Eric Ostrowski, day. our fine producer today and uh, expectant daddy. Yes. Um, all right. So I will go. Robert Quinn has flashed for pretty much the first series in the first game he played on the Bears, and he's been invisible for the rest, most of the part of the rest of the season. Okay. Breakout game, Robert Quinn,
1: two sacks. The bold strategy caught. That's really bold because well, he, he just i don't even i don't even know he's on the field half to you know most I was of the gonna
2: time. say for the amount of money he's making shouldn't you know to be pretty much a day at the office <laughs> yeah i know I mean, and his prior production too like it has shown that he's a he's a sack sack and a half guy a week, yeah, you know, we have mm-hmm. not seen even the pressures
1: uh-uh no uh i've I've got one my bold prediction is. Now, he ran one back after picking up a fumble the other day, but I think that Eddie Jackson will actually return an interception for a touchdown today.
0: Wow! That's bold!
1: Now, I, I don't think they're going to put the ball in the, uh, in the air l- very long, but I got a feeling it's going to be one of those little short passes that goes off a of hand, and uh, Eddie Jackson will be there to pick it up and go in for a score. So, right. B is well,
2: very susceptible to tip balls at the line. Yep. There we go. Yes, yep. he is. You're, You're right. Yep. Yeah, he kind of gives you that little hop. You know, that, that just kind of drop pass or whatever. Uh, I'm going to, you know, look, uh, Teddy told us that 73% of the money's on the under. And everyone's looking. Anyone taking a walk out there, you know, well, this is a low-scoring game. Everyone's got a low-scoring game. Unders pounded down to 41. Uh, I'm looking at uh, points bet I did a few minutes ago. And I think over 46.5 is plus 175. If you want to get daring, over 48.5, I think it's plus 230. I'm the contrarian here. I think uh, you're going to see 45 to 50 points scored on this game. 40, I'd go 46 and a half. And does that necessarily mean the Bears have to get about 24 no. points? No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to suggest that they will. I laughed out loud when Matt Nagy talked about, even before the Rams game or everybody's after, you know, it was before, right? He said, oh, we you know, everyone would love to see a 40-point game from us. I'm like, hey, we'd like to see a 24-point game from you. Sure we would. Yeah. So yeah. let's say today's the day. Let's say twenty-four, because the over/under on the Bears is seventeen points right now. I think so. No one's expecting anything uh, because of what we saw Monday night. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and say that the Bears' offense is actually gonna find the end zone a few times, and uh, the over is gonna be easily hit. That's a bold statement.
1: There was something that happened earlier this week. Um, and I was listening to Howard Griffith again. You'll hear him with Jeff Miller when the game's over, right here on ESPN. You know, I
2: covered. It, I was telling Eric I covered his eight touchdown game down at Illinois. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, against Southern Illinois. Yeah. And Eric asked me, "Were there any returns there?" And I said, "Well, it was thirty-four years ago, so I couldn't really tell you, but I remember writing the game story." <laughs> there you go. I'm sure you can find that game story somewhere.
1: In the, yeah, in the annals yeah. of the I paper. I, I, I'm,
2: I'm sure I don't have it, but uh-huh. yeah, you can find it somewhere.
1: Um, Howard Griffith was on with Cap and Jay Hood, and they asked him a lot of questions. We played the one earlier, if the, if the Bears should look for a trade. Trade deadline coming up on Tuesday, and Cap and Jay Hood will be all over that. And um, also, don't forget, they're here 7 o'clock uh, from 7 until 10. They'll be reacting to the Bears game one way or another. Um, but they asked, this was great the way Howard Griffith broke it down. They were talking about last Monday's game, and I, we'll get rid of it because in 15 minutes they're going to be starting today's game. But this was great because it's not like Matt Nagy and Chuck Magano have not played against or seen the Rams play under Sean McVay. Okay? But Howard Griffith lays out how Sean McVay schemes players to get open. What do you know? What a concept. Give it a listen.
5: I think one of the things is when you start to match people up, you do a lot of motions. Uh, with personnel to try to create matchup problems and get guys out in space. And that's one of the things that they do so well. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, that really is more of a college-style offense. And, and that's where it is, because you're trying to put your playmakers in in space where you can allow them to be, obviously be able to make plays. And they look good. And the other thing is they got in a rhythm. So much of that offense, the way it's run, the scheme of it is about a rhythm passing game. It's about a rhythm uh, to what you're doing, and, and they're able to get in those rhythms. And, and sometimes you see Chicago getting those rhythms, but you really never see it for an entire series.
1: No, you don't see it for an entire series. But the thing is, you know, you would see one of the one of the receivers, you see usually Woods, Woods would come running behind. Sometimes he would get the ball, sometimes not. I think he actually ran one in today uh, again, and he's done that quite often. But the thing is, when he would run, you know, basically it's just to find out what defense they're in. Are they in man? Are they in zone? Who's following? Who's not following? Things like that. But Matt Nagy has seen this. And then to give up the number, the amount of yards they gave up last week defensively to the Rams team. That was one of the most irritating things to me. I guess golf has turned the ball over like four times today. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, you know, that, which is surprising against the Miami team, but, um, You know, that was frustrating when you hear this. And it's great hearing Howard Griffith break this down. He played in the NFL, played for good teams, and just the way he breaks it down, so matter-of-factly, and I'm sitting at home listening to that the other day. I think it was uh, Monday or Tuesday, and it was awesome just hearing the way he broke it down, and it got me more and more frustrated. Like, why can't our offense be something similar to that where guys are struggling to keep up and things like that? The Bears' offense... We thought when they got Matt Nagy was going to be like that, and we've not seen that. Even in the twelve win season, we didn't see that offense like
2: that. Well, well, that's the thing, Fred. It's so frustrating because you know this week you're still talking about trying to find your identity, find the rhythm. Right. I mean, you're how many years into this are you? It's not just a, a recent issue. It's been a, a longstanding issue, and you know that bad teams. Are still talking about identities. And, you know, Nick Foles was supposed to come in and be a different type quarterback, and they were going to tailor the offense to him. And again, I guess if you don't have a running game, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback at this point. But the frustration is that all these intangibles, rhythm, identity, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult to go out there and find a way to score 24 points or even 21 points on a regular basis in the NFL. No, it shouldn't. I mean, that's I mean, t- this the scores around the NFL
1: today are ridiculous. Oh, how high there. Absolutely. Are. You got a couple teams hitting 40. I mean, you know, million, uh, you know, six or seven teams in, in the upper 20s. It's like, come on. And the Bears, get, you know, if they can score into 20, if they get to 21, it's like we're all shocked and amazed. And uh, you know, you play you play a team and it, hopefully they can do something. I'd love to see the running game with David Montgomery do something, but Matt Nagy, in order for them to do that, he has to give them the ball. Um, I guess maybe because of the offensive line and the struggles and the guys filling in, um, it, they probably does not think that'll happen. But I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see what Mustafa is going to do as the center taking over for uh, Cody Whitehair because, like I said, he's going to be there for a few days, a few games.
2: Yeah. You know. uh, yeah and I I've, I've confidence in him. I think, you know, he, he won't be the issue, yeah. You know yeah. why?
1: He's another one cuz he's a guy that probably is a freshman, probably learned how to play the offensive line from a Harry Heestand. Right. And who's right. got who's got offensive linemen all around the place, including the Colts game I was just watching and including the 49ers game with, you know, with McGlinchy and guys like that. They're all over the place, but he wasn't a good enough coach for the stay here with the Bears, so anyway.
2: Well, Here's hoping they find a way, and the offense looks much better, and we're talking about a 6-2 and two team as yeah, we move
1: forward. That'd be nice. Next week will be the Titans. We'll be back and do it again uh, from 10 until 12. Don't forget, Meller, Howard Griffith. They got the postgame show for you as soon as the game's over right here on ESPN 1000.